the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson and joining me as always is editor Aidan Norman. Morning. And online editor Kevin Ayres. Sleepy Kevin. Sleepy Kevin. Not as early as last week. It's 10, 10 past 10. You're killing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no guests this week, unfortunately. Uh, our Wednesday time slot uh, negated our, our efforts to get Lord Mayor Laurie McKillar in yes. here tomorrow, which is a shame because I would have loved to have uh, had, a, had a mayor on the show um, and not just a four-square mayor, a true mayor. Mm. <laughs> All right, let's kick off. Uh, another busy week. We'll get to the news, but let's kick off with the on-field action. Uh, round seven review, um, Brisbane-Sydney. Oh, where do we start? Brisbane four, Sydney two. Um, Brisbane two nil, uh, two nil up, thanks to Broich and... Uh, Par to lose goals. Uh, Del Piero got Sydney back in it, um, but uh, the story of the game really was their inability to uh, to stay in the game once they got back in it. Halloran got a, a goal just before half time. Del Piero then got them back in it again, but they could only stay within a goal for eight minutes before Barisha wrapped things up on 57 minutes. Boys. Was it sort of Brisbane versus Del Piero, really? Yeah, absolutely. First, almost 23,000 were there. I mean, again, the Del Piero effect. Um, I reckon there must have been 10,000 there just to see him. Um, yeah, and, and the, I think the, the dis- disappointing thing for me was just the lack of desire from the back four. There just didn't seem to be this sort of uh, urgency about it. You know, you concede a goal. There doesn't seem to be anyone getting angry. It just seemed to be a very lacklustre defence in terms of that desire that you need. Kev, I mean, 14 goals in the last three games, I mean, that, that tells its story. You know, you, you're not, you're not going to win many games of football by conceding over three goals a game. It's an absolute disgrace. I mean, it really, you know, it shouldn't be allowed to carry on. Uh, ADP was obviously star of the show, one-man band. I honestly couldn't tell you anybody else that was on the field from Sydney. They did nothing, absolutely nothing, any of them, uh, apart from ADP. What do you do with Sydney, though? I mean, you're committed to that squad for the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, is, is it you know, is it that bad a squad? I mean, is it a bottom of the table squad, or is it just a team that a squad that's playing like a bottom of the table team? I think there's several issues. I mean, obviously they've got injuries, which they didn't have last season. They, yep. they got through last season pretty much injury free, uh, with only a few uh, a minor ones. This season plagued by injuries, uh, and they just aren't fit enough. Those, Even those who aren't injured don't seem to be fit enough. They don't have the drive, they don't have the, the zip on the field, with the exception of Del Piero, and that's just willpower. Uh, well, well they'll, they'll fix that this week, won't they, with Kalina coming in. He hasn't played for, what, two years now? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, they're only training for an hour a day each day, uh, four days a week at the moment. That, they, I'm sure they used to train for two hours, up until this season. I don't know if this was Crookie that brought it in or Dr. Craig my, Duncan, but an hour a day. My 11-year-olds last season trained for more than that a week. You, <laughs> you cannot. How can you call yourself a professional team when you're playing? You're training for an hour a day? I mean, that's just nonsense. Absolutely. I know the Mariners did a double session yesterday. I can tell you that. You, you're shipping 14 goals in three games and you're still mm. just training for an hour a day. Get a grip. 
I mean, it's nothing else, and it doesn't necessarily have to be hard work. It's you know shape, shape work, yeah. anything. looking at the defensive system structures, you know, like that. that well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, do have to ask doesn't. yourself the question: what was what was Crookie doing for the entire off season? Was it six months off season? Um, you know, to work on defensive shape, and he's got a goalkeeper there working with him as well. So it's very disappointing. But Roar, you know, uh, it, they turned it around. I did actually say I didn't think Sydney would uh, produce anything here, and it was a great test for Rado. If he had lost here, then I think his reign would have been over mm. uh, effectively. Um, but you know, they've—it's—it's a it's the kind of score and performance that they can then build their season around. I as mean, well. is it a sign of how critical Barisha is to Roar? Because I see Mister. Missed a game or two, and they looked a little bit sort of lacklustre, a little bit toothless up front. He comes back in, and all of a sudden, mm. there's, a, there's a focal point to their attack as a yeah. figurehead. There's someone that gets in, you know, leads the line, yeah. gets in the opposition defensive faces, yeah. creates And he space, didn't want to come off as well. Creates space yeah. for other people to play, you know. It's like. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, well, I mean, obviously, uh, Brisbane then leapfrog uh, Sydney. Uh, Sydney now rooted to the bottom of the table. Um, six points. We'll uh, we'll look at the table in detail uh, after this roundup. Um, okay, Adelaide uh, one 0 win over Melbourne Heart. Melbourne Heart's uh, up and down season continues. Seems to be win one, lose one. Um, Neumann goal was enough for Adelaide. Um, and again, you know, another uh, sort of ticking Adelaide's credentials. You know, we were. We didn't give him much of a chance to no, start the season. No, and, and they keep reminding they keep, us. That's going to haunt us they, all season long. They now. keep, you know, you know, like one defeat all season, um, you know, five wins, one draw. Um, only can see, you know, I mean, again, I always think, you know, I, can't, I was listening to the BBC this week and uh, they, had, uh, they had an interview with George Graham, and who I hadn't heard from for ages, and they were talking about, def- they were talking about modern defending and is it going out of the game and, you know, Defenders hardly tackle anymore because they're afraid of getting there. And he talked about how he basically built his side at Arsenal. And he said, any good football side is built from the back forwards. He said, that is where you start. When you are building a team, he said, you start with your defence. And you have your defensive structure. And then that gives you the platform for then your creative players to play. You know, and it was just it was fascinating. You know, and you look at... Can you the forward team. that link to Stevie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's no coincidence that the team at the top of the lead is the team that has conceded the fewest goals. Yeah. Four goals in seven games. They haven't scored as many as other sides, but they you know, there's so much to be said in football for first and foremost being difficult to beat. Well, yeah. I mean, mm. you know, clean sheets are such a rare thing uh, in the A League, and you know, they managed to pull one off. They're mm. very few and far between, and it's testament to you know a strong. Disciplined side. Yeah. Newman as well, or Noman as I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but Geronimo is just, just call him Geronimo, mate. Uh, Geronimo when you, when according got to first SBS. name like Geronimo, second yeah. names are irrelevant. You know. Uh, <laughs> arguably the signing of the season. Uh, aside from ADP. Um, in terms of what he's achieved. And yeah. they, I mean nobody had heard of him when he arrived in the league. So yeah. uh, kudos to, to Cosy. New Flores for Adelaide. Big call. Mm. I think justified. Justified. Melbourne Hart struggling. Yeah, uh, you think? Yeah, I think uh, if they don't get Beckham, it could be quite a long season for them. But we'll come to that later. Okay. No doubt. All right. Um, probably the game of the round: mm. uh, Melbourne victory, the Mariners. Um, I think if you rewind the tape from last week, I think you'll find I tipped a two-two draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, just drop that in. Uh, 
<laughs> what was it you called McBreen in the headline? It's like Dan McBreenovic. There we go. <laughs> Um, continued his hot FIFA 13 ultimate <laughs> team form by opening the scoring after four minutes. Uh, goal scoring hero against Sydney SC, Andrew Nabu, um, who was in for a late withdrawal from Archie Thompson, got victory back in it before McBreen scored again on 22 minutes. Um, and then Mark Milligan uh, leveled things with a, with a neat header on 40 minutes. Um, first half, this was. Absolute quality, I thought. I really enjoyed this game. Yep, Real yep. good battle. Slightly different tactics, two different styles, you know, and, and just I thought the, the pace of the game was was a really good advert for the A-League and, and how far we've come. Exactly. You know? yeah. After seven seasons, if you sat somebody who'd been watching the Premier League for all of these years, sat down, and this is what we've come to, I think the two arguably, you know, the two best teams perhaps with Adelaide as well in the league. Um Individual quality, Rogic again is just showing what he can do. Flores is a bit quiet, but McBreen again, the finishing. Naboo, where's he come from? Yeah, it was we, terrific. We, yeah, we talk about this a lot, but but it just never seems to go away. You know when how important confidence is for strikers. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, McBreen with those two chances, two very different goals. You know, the first one he didn't even think about taking a touch. No. You know, and that execution was, is very difficult to do when you've got a ball whipped in coming towards you to take it with your left foot across your body and control it was phenomenal. Mm. You know, and well, uh, he's got a what goal a game average now? Yeah, for the season. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's as good as you can get. That's mm. that's world class. Capping, striking, I think, was one of the words. <laughs> that was my caption for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I mean, that, that's that's world class uh, for his position. And when you've got that kind of when you know you've already scored seven goals, you're only seven rounds into it, then you can take that volley. You, yeah. can, you can take that strike without, you know, you've got the, the runs on the board, quite literally. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's all confidence. I still comes back to the fact that you've got to look at uh, Mariners are going to have to keep him in cotton wool for the rest of the season because he's in superb form. But if he was to get injured... I still don't know where the goals are going to come from on a regular basis. You can see, you know, the odd goal here and there. But at the moment, the Mariners are being built around a very, very strong defence and McBreen. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the, the quality of that match was just superb. I absolutely loved it. I mean, that would be, as you say, a match for just about any other league in the world. Mm. It was a great game. I had money writing it. I didn't care mm. about the result. Mm. And two young Australian coaches, well, not younger, but, you know, Australian coaches. <laughs> yeah. We don't need a foreign coach to play this type of football. Yeah. Um, yeah, hats off to both coaches as well. I thoroughly enjoyed that game. And yeah. a couple of young players in that first half of the uh, Roas for Melbourne was outstanding. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, you know, it's like that bravery that you get. You know, often you, you see young players and they're... They might get clattered once and then they can't wait to get rid of it. But, you know, he kept demanding the ball, kept getting it. They had three and four men around him, mm. you know. Uh, and also, what was what was really... You always wonder how players are going to deal with an increased sort of spotlight on them. And I was really impressed with the way Rogic, coming back from his first sort of Socceroo camp, a lot of hype around him, just sort of took it in his stride and you know like I, I, you can't get the ball off him game I just think times. he's ex I think he's got everything he, he has right? to be in the I think he has to be in the soccer squad to start getting off the game he has to be in the soccer squad from this point on I, I truly believe it mm. yeah I mean you, you got Naboo Rojas Rogic three great young talents coming through uh, it's just a shame Rojas is playing for the other side to yeah. coin a phrase yeah 
And the game was sort of marked as well with two probably, you know, like two red cards for players that you wouldn't normally associate with being sent off. You know, Svans whilst he's a central defender, he's very much a sort of stand-up central defender, you know, old head. Um, and he, he was, both of them were were silly red cards in a way. They were both for two yellows and, and both of them had a yellow mm. in there that could have easily been avoided. Yeah. Um, and Postigoli was... was was outspoken about his uh, his anger at Flores' red card, which came late, and which obviously means that you could see it coming as well, couldn't you? He just seemed angry with the referee all day, um, yeah. and, and I actually thought we, Anne should take him off, and, and sure enough, he got a red card. So, but I'm not sure about the red card for Zanzai. So. No, look, both cheap, silly, and you know, I'm the first to criticise refs, but I think both these cases you Left commit them in no option. Really. Yeah, you commit silly, petty yellow card offences. You're going to end up getting sent off. That's that's just the the bottom line. It wasn't you know brutal hacking mm. tackles or anything like that. It was just stupidity yeah. on both. And it wasn't parts. a dirty game. It, it was no. for me. It was the best game of the season. Yep. Yeah. There's been a few there between the Melbourne and the Mariners. I remember yeah. the one in the was it season two when old, when Melbourne were down to nine men and yeah. Olsop it was three all yeah. and they came back from three one oh, down yeah. with nine men yeah. and Olsop got the equaliser. Yeah. That was an unbelievable yeah. game. Yeah. Um, all right, Perth Glory um, hosting Western Sydney. Um, now let's talk about a team that's been built from the back on defensive structure, and you know, and that's Western Sydney. You know, who managed to go to Perth, uh, score an early goal, down to ten men in the from the first half, played the last fifty-two minutes with ten men away at Grand Finalist Perth, and came away with a point. That killed me. That, <laughs> I mean, I had, you, you couldn't get as much of a polar opposite with Western Sydney and Sydney FC if you tried. And one. Sydney FC yeah. could have got Popper as well. I mean, he was in the he was in the frame. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, off, you wonder what would have happened if they had him. What a performance! Uh, no, a great effort from Western Sydney. The the reason it killed me was I actually I don't often put accumulators on the A League because it's so unpredictable. <laughs> this week was clear cut: two wins, a draw, two more home wins. The, the last two were the two that were bolted on and, you know, both away, ended up away wins. A great performance from uh, Ante Kovic in the Western Sydney goal. Yeah. You know, that's what you yeah. want from your goalkeeper yeah. away from home when you're down to 10 men. You know you're going to be busy. You know. That's the sort of goalkeeper I want for Sydney FC. Dominating, tells people what to do, comes out, bosses his box. Um, and him and Gilekovic, I think, have been the two best this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, it was a superhero performance from yeah. Kovic. Uh, and you, um, you, we saw the, together, the, the togetherness of the squad during the week. We went to the NRMA Insurance Ball Amnesty. Yeah. And all of the players were there at this little school. All of them were there. And you can just see and you can just feel how close they are, which is important. Yeah. Perth Glory missing Shane Smeltz pulled out at the last moment for family reasons, which was a bit so mysterious. Do we know what that was? And still no. never heard an no. update on that. That's very mysterious, that one. Yeah, because, I mean, he has been carrying an injury up to now. And but he played you, in... You probably could have hidden, you know, just said, oh, no, his injury's flared up. But for some reason, they, they said family reasons. But didn't he what? play on that Wednesday night in China? Um, could have whites. Yeah, probably did. That's yeah. very unusual. Yeah. So that was a bit of a mystery. And, you know, you got to say it also cost, it probably cost Perth Glory. The major goal scorer not playing. Uh, they don't score a goal. Okay. All right, the final... Uh, Game was uh, Newcastle Jets. Uh, actually, no, this was before the Glory game, wasn't it? Because um, I, I was surprised. I, I looked at the TV times and saw it was on at three, and I thought, well, this must be in Wellington. It must be five o'clock in Wellington. But 
It looked bloody hot. Yeah. <laughs> Three o'clock in Newcastle. It was, yeah. Um, and Phoenix got out on top. You know, away win, dominant. Uh, Brocky with two goals, coming back to haunt his former side. Eiffel wrapped it up with a penalty. Um, bit of a sickening clash for Mark Birigitti out for, looks like, eight weeks with a fractured cheekbone. Eight weeks, is that? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Um, from a, a clash with Brocky, I mean, to be fair, there was not a lot Brocky could do about it. It's just a follow-through. Mm. But, um, it's kind of weird that, that, that on the same pitch, I think Smeltz uh, smashed uh, Neil, Neil Young. Neil Young, yeah. And he, you know, virtually sort of the same incident, really, wasn't it? Hopefully Birgitti's not going to the same uh, same hotel as... Uh, same hotel, same hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As was, uh, uh, Neil Young. Yeah. Um, Disappointing this for the Jets, you know they they were up there and challenging. Yeah, yeah, this was uh, this came out of nowhere really, particularly at home. Yeah, yeah, you just wonder how Heskey feels in this sort of heat. I mean, it was apparently very very hot at that time of the day, um, and uh, yeah, they just showed very little at all. So again, in this league, anyone can beat anyone really. Yeah, I mean these two results, I mean, this result especially, really did surprise me to be honest. Uh, I, I had Jets as a bolted on winner. Phoenix have been so. Unimpressive up to now this season, uh, and away from home, obviously, is always a problem for when them. When was the last time Phoenix won three 0 away from home? Yeah, yeah exactly. I can't remember. Uh, but Jeremy Brocky continues to, you know, chip in. He's been around since season one, since the New Zealand Knights with his dreads, and he's been at Sydney, he's been at uh, Newcastle, he's and been he was in, now at Wellington. You know, fair play to him. He's been incredibly ordinary up until you know the, the last season with the uh, Jets, or the season before last with the Jets, and suddenly. He's scoring scorchers mm. uh, and scoring like, a fairly consistent basis. Uh, fairly consistent. He's, uh, he's, uh, didn't, I mean, didn't he, he made his name with, when he had his dreads with a couple of special Well, he was the, the next big yeah. thing in New he's Zealand. He's always had that ability to pull something, you know, out when of the When he scores goals, are always Not consistently, yeah. you know, like week in, week out, which he sort of seems to be uh, developing that in his game. I mean, he's still, still not old. I mean, he was no. very young when he when he was at New Zealand Knights. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was considered at 16, they're the hottest prospect yeah. in New Zealand Yeah, football. but I mean, when he, he left Sydney, he was pretty much hanging up his boots, I seem to remember. Uh, he, he took some time out and sort of found mm. himself again, found his love for the game. We all need to do that, Kev, so yeah. time to time. Oh, we do, we do. All right, so the ladder is Adelaide on top, 16 points. From, this is all from seven games. Mariners in second on 14, Jets on 12, Glory, Western Sydney and Melbourne Victory on 10, Phoenix on 8, Brisbane and Melbourne Heart on 7, and Sydney FC pulling up the ladder at 6. All right, that's it for part one. We'll be back in part two. We'll look at some of the news headlines and what another big week it's been for A-League. We'll be back after this. This month's 442 gives you a rare insight into the mind of a football genius in our world-exclusive interview with Lionel Messi as he shares his goal-scoring secrets. We name the best goals ever scored by each Premier League and A-League team and pick our best Aussie goals in the EPL, relive some of the best last-ditch goals in football history, and there's even an interview with one of the most in-demand strikers, Radamel Falcao. If you live, sleep and breathe football, then you need 442. On sale now at all good news agents and the app store. You know business could be better. You know you need more skills, but you also know you haven't got time to learn those skills. Go to workshops or listen to webinars. Don't stress. Listen to Business Success Radio for all the latest ideas to make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice from dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. 
the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Now, the fight, another one of the worst kept secrets in football was formalised uh, Monday, um, which was the new TV deal. Uh, total value was, uh, was reported at 160 million, um, which is roughly double the current agreement. Uh, now, what this is is Fox Sports will have exclusive live coverage of Socceroos games until June 2017. SBS will have a free-to-air, one-hour delay of all Socceroos World Cup qualifiers uh, over the same period. Fox will continue to show every A-League, A-League game live, um, but from next season, SBS will have a live free-to-air Friday night A-League game plus a one-hour delay broadcast of all A-League finals games. And Fox Sports is the exclusive um, Asian Cup 2015 broadcast and exclusively live coverage. Guys, you know, we've sort of known the structure of this for a while before it was made a formality. Um, I guess all things considered, probably the best that we could have hoped for. Oh, I don't think we could have hoped for better at all, to be honest. When the first word came out about what the deal was probably going to contain, it exceeded my expectations to be able to get a free-to-air aspect to it and still get roughly £40 a year is, uh, is pretty good negotiations, to be honest. Uh, I mean, Fox Sports have effectively given away 20% of the the value, at least 20% of the value of the, uh, yeah, uh, of the the package uh, to a rival, uh, and still managed to to come up with decent cash uh, in return. I think uh, pretty good deal. I thought it was interesting that it was Gallup that was allowed to announce this, and no mention has been made whatsoever of Ben Buckley. He's just been airbrushed out of FFA history already, uh, which is uh, quite impressive. That's the way impressive. it goes, mate. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think probably one of the bargaining chips in there, which, which, sort of, which was the, probably the one element that surprised me, was that the Asian Cup will be exclusive on pay TV, considering that it's here. You would have thought that... Um, you know, they would want to maximise the, the TV audience. Yeah, I'm interested And I to... think that might have been the bargaining chip that Fox had to say, right, well, that's 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 what we're getting, that maybe there would have been a push for... Very possibly, to it. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure with how this deal sits with the anti-siphoning list that the government were putting through. I, I seem to remember something about them, that whole thing being dropped at one stage. Well, I think the SBS agreement with the one-hour delay sort of circumnavigates that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but good deal all round, I reckon. Yeah. Although yeah, I mean, on, on SBS, and you know, and, and good to see SBS get some A League back, some live A League back. Yeah, I mean, it or sounds back yeah, for the first time, but live That's football right. back on SBS. Yeah, I, I, th- I think they may be actually just taking the Fox Sports feed uh, and airing it on, on on their own channel. I yeah, think. yeah, I'm sure no, they will. They'll, 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 they'll do around do that. They'll have their own little. They'll also have their own commentary as far as they can gather as well. So you know, for free to wear. I mean, that's the thing that we've been crying out for for the last sort of seven years. But uh, I think the last question at the press conference was interesting because uh, you know not everyone's happy with it. Of course, the PFA and some of the players have sort of uh, marked down there this this uh, comment about there'll be no increase in the salary cap. Um, and it's, it's caused a little bit of commotion yeah, on, on but, Twitter, you know, but um, two he was pretty pretty certain that there wouldn't be an increase in it, when, the, what he said. The salary cap is currently $2.775 million, and I think the service agreement's on top of that. That is a lot of leeway for players these days. Uh, and, you know, if you compare that against other leagues, for example, the Scottish Premier League, it's very comparable, very comparable now. 
you know, Matt McKay is probably not on a lot of more money at all in Korea than he would be potentially here. There's a, you know, the players aren't doing badly for their school level, mm. most of them. And it is a six-month season and, yeah. let's say, three-months off-season. So yeah. it's uh, not, they're not playing that many games, but I think still they feel that they want to get their part of the, you the know, deal, which is I know, think if, if the school level continues to increase, then the salary cap can continue to increase. Yeah. But I think we've reached a level where the, there's a good balance between the salary cap and the players. Um, the other thing with the uh, the TV deal, and I'm going to have to stop the thing because I've lost my train of thought altogether. Sorry. What do we think about the Friday night? Best year? Obviously, it gives them the opportunity to create a sort of brand around, you know, Friday night live Friday night game. football, which is the Channel Nine yeah. mantra. I mean, yeah. I, if I was being picky, I will be. Um, I would have liked to have seen a live game on free to air moved around, you know, simply to see what it would rate. To see what a Saturday evening game would rate on free to air, or a Sunday afternoon game would rate on free to air, just to you know, so that the, in four years' time, I mean, obviously, where we want to get to in four years is that we've got the big free to air networks looking at SBS's ratings, going, we want a piece of this, mm. and it would have been nice just to have seen what you know, because the the, the W League did did some great ratings on the ABC mm. on a Saturday afternoon, you know, so I would have liked to have seen what it would have done, but. Let's let's not be too picky. Kev, oh, you back? And yes, guess, he's yes, back. I'm back. <laughs> uh, no, the, the key thing I think I want to know for next year is what the Friday night fixture is going to be like. Uh, will all the, the good games be siphoned off to the rest of the, the weekend for Fox Sports benefit? Yeah. But Fox Sports is still showing it live as well. Yeah, but, mm. you know, SBS is going to... They would yeah. want a good game. But, I mean... Will we ever get a Sydney, Dar- a, a Sydney derby on a Friday night? Will we get a Sydney-Melbourne game on a Friday night? I think we will. I think they'll, they'll want to show the potential of it on free to air. I mm. think the FFA will, yeah. will insist on that. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, we've got to talk about it. Bex. Who? Mr. Beckham. <laughs> uh, you know, this 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 sort of broke last week. FFA put out a release saying that their people were speaking to his people. Beckham came out and denied any knowledge of it, which, let's be honest, isn't inconceivable because he's still playing. He's got a cup file to it. And his people's job is to go with him with options by December the 1st and say, David, here's where you could go mm. next. So it's inconceivable that he wouldn't have known anything about it, or he's also a master PR person. Oh, he's saying, well, mm. I'm just focused on winning the MLS Cup for, uh, for Galaxy. But it's been changed now with, with his formal statement yesterday <laughs> that he will not be exercising his option for a second year of his two-year deal with, uh, with Galaxy. So next Sunday's... MLS Cup final, which is in LA at the Home Depot Stadium, will be his last game for LA. Um, so, yeah. what do we think? Uh, Rumours of packages being put together from Melbourne Heart, apparently 1.7 million for 10 games. Uh, Perth Glory of looking at a 2 million deal. Um, I mean, obviously, he's going to have other options. Uh, China would be potentially also Russia. But again, I guess the question is, he's got enough money. You know, in his words, he wants one more football challenge. Um, has he got anything to prove in Europe? If he went to PSG or some, Not really. Ancelotti's already said today that there's absolutely no interest from him uh, to take him to PSG. I don't think, you know, there's nothing for him to achieve in Europe that he's not already achieved with Man United. Yeah. Uh, so he's got to be looking at a new area. Uh, Asia, in some shape or form, seems the most likely. And yeah, China, 
maybe. But I just Us, think you know, I mean, he's, he's very family oriented. You know, his his kids come, you know, a lot of us come first. You know, mm. he, he said the reason that he stayed in the US was that his kids were in school, they're enjoying it, and I just think I. I don't know. I just I think the appeal of the lifestyle in an English-speaking country mm. for his kids and their education is going to be mm. much more appealing than than going to China and mm. sort of, you know oh, living yeah. in a little bit of a bubble. You know, absolutely. And, and you know, if you, all he's got to do is ask his former England teammate Emil Heskey. You know, yeah. what's life like over there? Well, also, I mean, I, I I put this on on Facebook and Twitter yesterday, which was I, I just found it was it a coincidence or not that on the day that Beckham says. He's looking for one more football challenge. He won't be staying in America. Del Piero says, I'm looking at exercising my extra option. I mean, these it's not beyond the realms of possibility that these guys have picked up the phone to each other. Oh, and sure, sure. he's gone, hey, they're, they're the same age. You know, they're, they're very similar in that they've got yep. three and four kids. Mm. You know, what's it like down there? And Del Piero's probably gone, yeah, the football's okay. We're not doing very well. But, you know, Del Piero can probably walk down Pitt Street and only be recognised by five and a hundred people. I mean, Beckham's a, a different yeah. deal because of his, you know, he's almost pop star status. But still, I, I do think that when you're coming from the glare of where he's lived his life, coming here is, you know, playing once a week. Living in Terrigal. Terrigal. <laughs> it's still possible. So, all right, let's, let's talk about it from a, from a football perspective for the A-League. Where's the best place for him to go? If he comes to Australia, which club would you want to see him at and why, Ada? I think for the A-League's image overseas, I think Central Coast would be good because they've got such a good side at the moment. Uh, the Italian viewers are slamming Sydney FC at the moment for the way they play. So mm -hmm. I think Central Coast is a good fit. Um, Singo is willing to helicopter him up to training or just live on the Central Coast. I mean, Central Coast is a beautiful place. So, you know, they've got a lovely... Uh, Two, two and a half thousand dollar a week apartment there. Big check for him, yeah. Yeah, um, I think Central Coast would probably be the best. Uh, after that, possibly Melbourne Heart. Yeah, I, I think he would be too disruptive actually in Central Coast man. As a, I think that could well, Arnie's come out and said it would be fine. He's yeah, quite happy. Yeah, I think realistically though, I think it, it would disrupt the side, uh, and I, I just don't see him necessarily fitting into to their their style of football that much. I think Melbourne Heart would be the perfect absolute perfect uh, fit for him huge, it would bring in huge crowds in Melbourne to Melbourne Heart which they for, do need of course for yes. Melbourne Heart to see Melbourne Heart not because Melbourne Victory is playing Melbourne Heart but to yeah. actually see Melbourne Heart itself I think that'd be huge they could use his style his uh, form of play uh, would fit in with what they're trying to do with the exception of the youth policy of course But yeah. uh, and there I is a Melbourne it, derby on the 22nd I think of this year that would be interesting. Yeah, well, Penny is looking at Jam One. Would be yeah. Melbourne Heart said, I'm sure that the, Scott Munn said it was for the. They were looking at the last ten games of the season. Okay. Right? So they were looking. Okay. At, I think he wants a break. Okay. Oh, fair, fair enough. MLS yeah. Cut. He's just done a season, yeah. so I think mm. he wants. He's looking at something. I think from Jan One onwards. Mm. I think and also that obviously ties in with the European transfer window. So that that would make sense for him to wait and to see what all options are out mm. there, and then go right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Melbourne Heart seems to be the, the peak. I mean, I, I would say sort of Melbourne or, or Western Sydney, you know, simply to... I don't, I, I don't see Popper going for it, to be honest, yeah. at all. I think Popper would just turn around and say, no, nah, too much of a circus, not interested, not what we're about here, it's not what we're trying to do. Uh, I think he, he's more looking for grafters and mm. industrial... Although he could use them. I think he would fit nicely into the Western Sydney 
side, the way they play. Actually, FFA, the, pos- the, uh, the potential attraction of uh, 80,000 to Sydney derbies well, there. Well, apart from anything else, mm. you know, they've only got Parramatta Stadium. Yeah. But uh, hasn't Laurie come out and said he wouldn't fund such a, uh, such a venture? I think. Yeah, I, I, I it would think be great, though, wouldn't it? Beckham versus ADP. Yeah, I don't see that. I think Melbourne Heart would be a great, great fit for them. I don't particularly like the idea of Perth Glory getting him either, to be honest. I just One, they've no room for him uh, in the side, and they don't have the space on the field for him either, I don't think. Mm. They're, they're already a nice, balanced unit and would be upset more than they would benefit. But I would, think. Would, would Beckham want to... Are we unanimous in that we think that it's a good thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fans seem to be split Huge. between, you know, it's like... Uh, you know, I'm sick and tired of the people that come out and say, oh, yeah, it's a one-trick pony. What do we do after he's left? Fine, great. We'll worry about that later. Let's get people in. Let's let them be entertained by football. If they like it and they hang around, great. Mm. If they don't, fine. We're no worse off than we were before. So ironic, though, that ADP plays for currently for the team on the bottom of the league and Derek Beckham would be playing for the team on the second bottom of the league. <laughs> right. Well, look, I mean, if, if you're listening, Bex, and I know he's a keen listener, yes. uh, get yourself down here. Come on, Sam. All right. Uh, someone else from the MLS on the move. Uh, this is the period in the year where a lot of MLS players uh, look to to keep themselves in content for international spots or just to keep fit. Tim Cahill is looking potentially at... Uh, an Everton loan. Uh, Landon Donovan has been on loan for a couple of times, so maybe it will go as uh, as Landy Cakes and Cahill together. Mm. Um, Thierry Henry is uh, supposedly going to go back to Arsenal again. Wenger's come out and said he's open to it again. You know, if I was David Moyes, I'd say to him, yeah, thanks, mate. We've moved on. Yeah. Uh, Flaney's filled his position. Everton looked much more impressive. Unless someone comes in with thirty million for Fellaini in the January transfer window, and that, Everton are in a position to say that, no. That, that's a fair point. But if, if they're allowed to carry on as they are, uh, I would just say thanks, but no thanks. And I, you know, Cahill, great that uh, he wants to go back to his old club, but he could also do a guest in out here. Yeah. And I, I think you know it's a bit disappointing that that doesn't even seem to be in his consideration. Uh, I think him coming to Western Sydney Wanderers mm. that would be fantastic. Uh, at heart, it would be hard for Popper to turn that down. I know he'd probably want to, but I think that would be the kind of thing mm. that you just can't say no to. Uh, he seems like he's got his heart set on on a move back to England for the off season. So, yeah. uh, very disappointing. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Uh, quick nod to the uh, the Matildas overnight, who got their uh, East Asian Cup qualification quest off to a great start with a seven nil win over Chinese Taipei. Uh, a brace each to Katie Gill, uh, Lisa Devanna. Four for two's Katie Gill. Four for two's Katie Gill. <laughs> Lisa Devanna and Kai Simon uh, alongside Servet Uzanlar's strike. Uh, next game, next up is Hong Kong mm. uh, on Thursday, tomorrow. Yeah, and this is sort of a precursor to what we're going to see with the Socceroos because mm. they'll be also playing in this East Asian tournament, which is a great chance, again, for these young players to play for the national team for us. But no, yeah. it's great for the Matildas. Just quickly, Socceroos, piqued my mind. Uh, obviously, we went out early last week uh, on a Wednesday, um, so we didn't get a chance to, to talk about Socceroos. Let's do a quick, quick recap on uh, the Socceroos game against uh, Korea, South Korea. Mm. Um, what do we think? Did Holger use it to its full potential? Um, did we, who from that team do we think state their claim for 
inclusion when the serious business starts up again in uh, in March next year, February, March? I think he could have done a lot more, to be honest. Uh, I thought he was very, very late in making his substitutions. He could have given the young blood uh, much more of a chance to shine. When they did come on, they were so impressive, almost without exception. Uh, and I think, you know, he's really got to go back and consider uh, where he goes with the Socceroos from here based on those. I know he said afterwards that, uh, you know, development's one thing and uh, qualification's another. And that's that's a fair point. But if he'd started this process a year ago, as we've all been saying he should have done, he would be much further down the road and it would be qualification and development rolling into one very nicely based on the performance. I thought uh, the new face has done extremely well. I don't think there was a failure amongst them, to be honest. And Robbie Cornthwaite, what a story. Well, uh, <laughs> sitting on his so couch <laughs> on his couch on Monday night. Have you got your boots? <laughs> Get your boots on, son. Um, yeah, and this is this is a I mean he was he was he's been frozen out ever since that sort of incident in Adelaide where he was kind of decided that he may have been a little bit of a loose cannon some years ago. But no, he's done really well in career, he's revitalised his career and he scores the winner. What yep. a story. Lukovic's a nice goal. Yeah. Looked dangerous or you know, what you sort of Tommy Orr as well. Yeah, I mean what yep. what impressed me with Lukovic was the composure with that goal. You know, the first touch was excellent, the finishing and with, you know, he's always been quick and the problem at Per was like Yes, he's quick. He gets into great positions. A little bit like a sort of Theo Walcott, but his decision-making when he gets there is sometimes lacking. You know, that composure is lack, was sometimes lacking. And he seems to have got that into his game now. And if he can combine that with his pace, which is undeniable, mm. then we've potentially got a, an excellent young striker on yeah. hand. And yep. he's been in Europe for a while now. He's starting to get that sort of, as you say, that composure from... You know, I think it's been three years now since he's been in Europe, mm. so you'd expect it. But I agree with Kev. I think I would like to have seen Matt Ryan play a little bit longer and the, the substitutions to come on a little bit yeah. earlier. I mean, you know, I, I, I agreed with the, the basic concept of having a, a ve- veteran spine to the team to give it shape, to give it composure, to give it leadership. But let's get the new blood on yeah. around them. Yeah, and I also, I also think, you know, and, but also I don't necessarily think that those older guys have to play the whole game. No, neither do I. You know, no. having them in camp, I think, is important. Hugely because important. the danger is you leave all the older guys away yeah. and they come in and the experience they get is of an under-25 yeah. soccerers camp, yeah. not a real soccerers yeah. camp. So I agree with Lucas Neal being there and Absolutely. Schwartz being there, yeah. but I didn't see the point of Mark Schwartz playing the whole game. I no. think we should have had either Schwartz or on... Or Lucas Neal on. We just needed one of those two to, to lead the defence. Skipper it, half each. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah. you know, to have both on is a waste of a spot. The thing that I liked the most was um, was when Rogic was on. Um, was, for the first time in a long time, seeing a Socceroos midfield player pick the ball up in the, in the centre of the park and his first instinct was to face forward and go past someone. Hmm. You know, that makes such a difference to the game because the defence of the opposition side immediately start backtracking, which then immediately creates more space for you to play. And the day, you know, I mean, Carl Valeri, neat and tidy player, but has to be one of the most unremarkable players to ever get 50 international caps. I'm you know, astonished when I heard that. And he's his first, his first instinct is to pass sideways or backwards. And as an opposition defender or an opposition coach, you. That means that you then defend on the front foot because mm. you're as soon as the ball goes into that sort of central type of central midfield player, you immediately start squeezing the space. Yeah. Whereas all of a sudden you get a player that turns and goes past the first man, 
then you're backtracking and then that creates space for everyone else to flood forward and yeah. you know and I, I just think it's such a you know that that's what I love about Rogic is, mm. is, is his physique and his directness you know mm. and it, it's just whether we can accommodate him but I was really impressed with how he took it in his stride really so yeah. ironic that both are from Canberra as well Valeria and Rogic yeah. uh, but has spent nearly in fact in fact his whole life in Italy so I think that has got something to do with it yeah, yeah, yeah. How, and, how and I'm not play. saying there's not a, part, a place yeah, for him totally. but I think too often we have Valeria and Jedinak you know, you know, who are very similar. You know, they're not players that get the ball and drive forward, drive at the heart yeah. of a defence. And it was really, you know. So hopefully we do see Rogic stay in the squad because I think we I, need him. I'd like to see that, yeah. All right, that's it for part two. We'll be back in the final part just to preview this weekend's games. Behindthewheel.com.au is not only your favourite destination for the latest car news and reviews, but now you can shop online too. Just go to behindthewheel.com.au and click on Our Shop and you'll have access to thousands of car-related products. Whether it's something for your engine or your iPod, you'll find it in the Behind the Wheel Shop. So next time you're looking for a review, why not look for a bargain too? Head to behindthewheel.com.au. Interested in getting dozens of leading business experts helping you for free? No, you're not dreaming. You heard us right. Dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone 24-7 every day with tips, comments, discussion and simple ideas to help you make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. Back to 442 Insider. Final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to preview round eight in the A-League. Kicks off uh, Friday night at the Allianz. Sydney FC, bottom of the table. Host Adelaide, top of the table. Um, what do we think? Big game for Sydney. They're all big games yeah. at the moment, but... Uh, Corica has been in a, the media this week saying that he's going to ring the changes. He looks like he's going to have a few more options. Mm. Adam Griffiths potentially back. Jason Kalina maybe off the bench. I'd be surprised if he starts. Um, Terry Antonis back from Young Socceroos duty. What do we what do we think he's going to do? Well, I, I, look, I think ringing the changes is one thing, but I think you really need to hammer into these players the importance of playing for the shirt. I just don't see enough of that with these players. You see it at other clubs, you don't see it with them. And ADP was last week. He was he was constantly haranguing players for not not moving quicker, hmm. not doing what he wanted them to do. So I think some of what ADP hopefully will will um will rub off. Yeah, I mean, I think with Sydney they've really. I mean, the the problem is across the park, with the exception of ADP and attack. They've, Got weak goalkeeper at the moment. Got weak defence, weak midfield. It's you know I, I don't envy Steve Corrick in the slightest. <laughs> it's like where do you start? Mm. I mean, uh, we talked about McBreen and, and confidence and that word. You know, Sydney are a team bereft of confidence in, in every position. And, and to be fair, it seems like Del Piero's only confidence is in, is in his own ability, yeah. not in those yeah. around him. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if we can, if they can get uh, Adam Griffiths in yeah, to the back line yeah. uh, with Boschart yeah. next to him, that's going to make a difference, hopefully, uh, for them. I would have Jason Kleiner and um, Paul Reid yeah. together. Same yeah. with me, and then that gives you a solid sort of base, defensive yeah. base, yeah. to then say to Del Piero, just 
play in between the yeah. lines. Yeah. I mean, would you bring yeah. in Jan, Je- Jan Jetovic in goal? Would you would you make a change there? Look, veterans. A good young keeper, but he's a good young keeper. Mm. I think he's, good. he's sort of not fair on a young keeper <coughs> to come into no. a team that's just shipped 14 goals. And you almost, you know, the challenge you as a coach is to tell, is to, you know, demand that the players that have got you in this get you out of it. You know, yeah. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a, it wouldn't be fair to bring in a young kid in goal and, and say, right, you've got to help this defence get out of this. You know, I think yeah. it's a weakness in the recruitment though that they don't have a, a viable number two. To be honest, I mean, Vedran is a development keeper. Uh, they really should have got a better selection for number two. They, they should have got a better selection for number one, to be honest, with Nijeski as the number two. And from an Adelaide perspective, Cozzy will be rubbing his hands at this, will he? Sydney SC team bereft of confidence. His boys top of the league. Going back to uh, to Sydney SC, you know, where he's still got a little bit of a bit of taste in his mouth. That's right. And, and we get to see Ger- Geronimo play in person. I'm really looking forward to that. Geronimo. Um, Geronimo. Geronimo. Yes. Um, approved a pronunciation. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah. Uh, will this be the game that Sydney turned it around? I don't know. I don't. But very, it'll be very, very interesting. Much. All right. Predictions. I know. <sighs> Adelaide 2 1. 4 1. 4 1 to Adelaide. Yep. <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Clark, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 1 0 Adelaide. <laughs> All right. Melbourne Hearts entertain the Jets. Hearts. If they continue their sort of, you know, form at the moment, should be looking to win this one. Seems to be win one, lose one at the moment for them. They're at home. Uh, Jets will be stinging after a three-nil spanking at home by Phoenix. How do we see this one going? I don't. Hard to predict, but uh, I think Jets can bounce back. Um, I think they've got too much quality for this for this game. So I'm going to tip them to win this one on the road and Heskey to score. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think uh, it'll be a test. See if Newcastle Jets have been flattering to. T- to deceive so far this season um, and if Hart are as bad as their position on the ladder makes them out to be uh, I think it'll be a draw 2-2 two, two. OK I'm going to tip a draw as well 1-0 all. alright the uh, did we did we agree that it was the second furthest league game in the, I think in the world in, I think there's one in think Russia, one in Russia. Russia. No, I, th- I think we're back to being we're back to being the first number team. one did again I, get relegated? I think get relegated <laughs> ok so this is a hell of a trip seven hour flight although to be fair I think Wellington have stayed in New South Wales this weekend uh, they, flying yeah, over they probably would have, that would have made sense uh, yeah. no they went to Perth on Monday actually yeah, yeah that made from sense. Newcastle yeah, yeah so that's a little bit better for them Alright, so Wellington uh, will be buoyed by that away win in, in the Hunter. Uh, Glory get a chance to put their uh, their home defeat to Western mm. Sydney behind them straight away. Hopefully, Smelts for them will be. Well, back. Well, that's the key, should... really. It's Smelts if he's yeah. if he's going to play. I think I think he'll be the key. I mean, look, they never do well over there, Wellington, so it's going to be very difficult. But I think for <coughs> me, the key will be whether or not they play Smelts and what's going on. So uh, hard to pre- predict this one, but I think Perth should win. Yeah, um, I tip Perth as well, but it really do, does depend a lot on Smelts playing, I think. Uh, without him, a draw. With him, a win. Okay, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, Western Sydney, Ooh. big test for Popper this That's after a, a fantastic away win. Um, Melbourne Victory come to town. Melbourne Victory normally love coming to Sydney. How would I love coming to Western Sydney? This is the ra- match of the round for me. I think um, it's a big call, considering yeah. the last game. Of yeah, the round. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, t- I think it's going to be a terrific game. Uh, lots of victory fans coming up, which we're looking forward to. Saturday night in Parramatta. Um, 
victory. I, I'm going to tip victory on this one. Victory for victory. Yeah, I think uh, victory have finally found the groove, got the mojo yeah. back. It's all coming together for them. Uh, Wanderers, I think, will put up a, a sterling defence, but I think uh, victory will be too strong for them. Is Flores' red card kicking for this game? Yeah. So is he suspended for he this is, game? Yeah. He is, and a Finkler's in doubt as well, yeah, which I mean, is going to, you know... That's, that's going to be key. It's going to weaken the midfield, certainly, but I, I still think victory have enough strength uh, and depth to overcome them. Naboo will start, Rojas will start. It'll, they'll they'll, mm. they'll overcome the I, the no, I think this will be a terrific game for me. So two victory wins. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for a draw. I think uh, I think Finkler and uh, and um, Flores will be big misses. I think Flores is so important to the way that the tempo that that mm. team plays at. Um, so I'm gonna go one or draw I think. Um, my tie the round is this one. The Mariners Hosting Brisbane Raw um, at Blue Tongue. Kev? Going to be a cracker, this. Really is a cracker. Um, and it's, again, going to be a, a massive test of Brisbane Raw to come off the back of that win last weekend. And they've got a hell of a record up there, yeah. haven't they? Have I, they? I, I can't remember them being beaten up there. Really? Yeah. I'm terrible with statistics. Brisbane, I, I can't remember Brisbane being beaten in Gosford since... Since whenever? Yeah. Well, since a long time. That's a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think it'll be a cracking match. Uh, I still think Mariners will win. The, uh, McBrinovich will get another brace, mm. and uh, Brisbane Roar probably get one. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, no, I'm going to. Oh, I'm just going to tip a, a fantastic game, two-two draw. All right. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to tip a raw win. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be goals. I think it's going to be three-two. Or, mm. I think Arnie is going to coach Rada myself. Okay, all right, that is it uh, for this week's uh, short and sweet compared with the last two or three weeks. Four for two inside a podcast. We'll only keep you for just under the hour this week. So uh, get out, support the A League, enjoy your football, and uh, buy our mag. Buy the mag, yeah, new mag on sale. Lionel Messi world exclusive. Yeah. Next big things. You know, we go inside Messi's you. mind. What goes inside his mind when the ball comes to him on the pitch? We ask that question. Plus loads more Radamel Falcao, next-gen superstars, APL, A-League, you name it, it's all in. Get it. Keep us in the job. All right, we'll be back next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.